0: All right, teachers, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you. I know that we are still handling a time of deep uncertainty, unfamiliarity, and it's challenging. And I want you to know that I feel the same exact way that a lot of you are feeling with that uncertainty and being scared and not knowing what's going to happen and what's going to come. And I wanted to be able to really meet you all where you are at. And... In all honesty, I can't speak into your experiences and what you're going through because I'm not in the classroom this year. So I don't know exactly what experience you're facing and the challenges that are coming into your life i know my own as trying to run eb academics and have a two and a half year old at home with me all day it's a whole different ball game a whole different life a whole different world that we're all adapting to but i wanted to really be able to meet you where you are and so i asked one of our team members kara to come onto the podcast with us today so she is here joining me welcome kara Hello. And I asked Kara because she is currently a teacher. She's a middle school English teacher on the East Coast, and she's going to talk to you about her experiences and kind of what she's going through. And I thought that you would be able to relate to her more in this moment than anything that I might be able to say. Um, so Kara is actually a part of our EB academics team. She's been with us since, gosh, what? August, Kara? Yeah. yeah August, August. Um, and it's just a weird way that we connected and we can tell that story a whole other time. But Kara is really a huge help with our content creation and our podcasts and our blog posts. And she's just become a really integral part of the EB Academics family. And I'm so excited to welcome her and have her join me today. So we're
1: excited to have you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah.
0: So, Kara, before we start um, and start talking about obviously what's a heavy topic, and we are going to go over just, you know, e- experiences and meeting you guys where you are, but also some suggestions and ideas that Kara and I brainstormed that are going to be able to help you guys. Um, Kara, I'd love for you to tell our listeners just a little bit more about you because most of them probably don't know you at all. We've mentioned you, I think, maybe once or twice on the podcast, but they've never met you before. So,
1: <laughs> let us know, let us into your world. Okay, well, um, I am currently a seventh grade teacher in Connecticut, and I, you know, I actually live an hour away from school. I live in um, a little city called Stanford with my fiance and my puppy, Riley, and I have taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, actually. Um, And, you know, I teach language arts, so reading and writing, but I have to say my passion is probably in reading. Uh, I actually have a blog, Riley Reads YA, and an Instagram uh, where I share young adult literature that I love and strategies to engage students as readers, because that's really my passion. Um, I think the content is so important. The skills are important, but I find joy in connecting with students as readers and I kids don't forget or unlearn being a strong reader. And I think that reading gives them power and takes them places far beyond the classroom walls. Um, So that's really my passion. And yeah, I love working with you guys. It's been a whole, it's been so exciting to work with such incredible educators. Um, Um, Thank you. It's, it's awesome. (laughs) Well, I want to just give you a
0: compliment too, because before we even, you know, went through the whole process of, of asking you to be a part of our team, um, I followed you for a long time on Instagram at your Riley reads YA, um, Instagram account. And we can link that up in the show notes for people. But I just loved how you really shared such insightful information about young adult literature. And I felt for me as a teacher, I didn't have time. I'm not a fast reader. So it takes me a long time to read books. I didn't have time to like read all of these great books that were coming out and be able to suggest them to my students. And I felt really inadequate in that regard. Like I couldn't meet my kids where I wanted to be able to. And you really helped me do that because of what you were offering and what you do offer to teachers through your blog and through your Instagram. So, I mean, that was what initially drew me to you. I was like, she is so brilliant.
1: (laughs) She has to be a part of our team. (laughs) Well, thank you. And I feel like, you know, as teachers, we truly cannot do it all. We cannot be experts in every area of teaching and all of us have our strengths and we have seasons where, you know, maybe you don't like me right now. I don't have kids. I have a little bit more time to put into reading these books and I want to share them with others who I know can't. So well,
0: it's so a beautiful thing. So thank you for doing that. So I want to talk now kind of about what your experience has been like, because for me it was different, right? I knew we got shut down or not shut down, but we got put on, um, under orders of a shelter in place mm-hmm. about a week before the rest of the New York did and parts, different parts of the country, the Bay area was the first place to really take action on that. And so for me, I was like, well, why are they closing schools? I didn't really understand the capacity, like the level at which it was coming to us at. And so, yeah, I was thrown into it with having to take care of my son, but That was about it. I had to adjust my work hours and still try to do things for EB academics like record a podcast episode right now during his nap or whatever, adjust. But it wasn't the same situation as I'm sure of what you experienced and what you went through. So can you tell me what that was like for you? Because I'm sure so many teachers who are listening can relate to that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) It was crazy, frankly. Um, So we... I want to say maybe two weeks prior to our school closing, um, we started to hear things, you know, like, um, just that there were more cases of COVID-19 popping up in the United States. Um, and, And we were told by our administrators, you know, make sure you have a Google classroom. Are you familiar with how to use it? Let us know if you aren't. But it was very, I mean, I don't want to say casual, but it was it felt like um, that was sort of an emergency plan, like Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't come to us needing to go online. Um, And so, you know, we had a staff meeting, we talked about it, but it was very much like we're really hoping we don't go here and then another week went by, more cases are popping up. Um, I'm, you know, 20 minutes from New York, Westchester County, where one of the hot spots. Um, And so it, we had some school closures in, in that county, and um, so people are getting a little more tense, and we scheduled a meeting and, like, an early dismissal where our school was going to talk through plans to use technology to facilitate any school closure whatever we never got to that point um, a meeting was scheduled for Tuesday and uh, Thursday literally an hour before school was scheduled to end we got an announcement on the intercom said teachers check your email and it was just an email saying you need to leave the building as soon as you know the last bell rings um, take what you think you need tell students to take what they have in their lockers anything that they might need and uh we have a two-week closure obviously um it's been more than two weeks at this point well no it hasn't been more than two weeks but the governor said you know that the school closures must continue and we just now are launching into this you know distance learning and and we were totally unprepared so from just Zoom meetings I've had with administrators, it has clearly been unbelievably frantic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) unbelievably challenging. Um, I work in a ginormous district um, and a district that has a lot of, in in my opinion, equity issues. You know, not everyone has technology. We're certainly not one to one. Um, We, you know, provide services for the majority of our students, food, uh, you know, all of it. I mean, everything everyone's been hearing about. And it's been, it's been huge for them. It's been a huge undertaking. And just now we're getting directives on how to proceed with teaching and how to start teaching, which will officially begin um, while well, the week this airs, actually.
0: Okay. So next week after we're currently recording it.
1: Yes. Got it. So you essentially
0: had two weeks where, a student, where you guys were trying to, to figure out what to do in essence, what your district was trying to figure out to do your guys' meetings. And then you'll be up and running two weeks later with your kids, hypothetically, in theory.
1: Yes. So it took about a week and a half for our administrators to get things together to provide tech. Well, they're still providing technology to kids. And yes. So the past couple days, we've been trying to strategize with department heads, building leaders, all that. Right. Um, But it's chaos because, I mean, I feel fortunate that I am technologically savvy and and frankly young enough to have kind of grown up using the, these tools but there are many of my coworkers really don't understand the basics of Google Classroom and screen recording forget it and and I can't blame them because we've had no training in this And we've not had to use it at all to do our job effectively.
0: And I think that that's what so many teachers, I'm sure, can relate to everything that you just said that, you know, we sent out an email this past week asking, you know, our community, what do you need help with? And so many teachers responded, I just, I have no idea what to even do. Like, how do I even go online? How do I record myself? And so all of these things that, that I am technologically savvy, I know how to do, I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'd be like, okay, I'd be okay. If I was thrown into this situation, it wouldn't be a problem. And so we're trying to figure out at EB academics, like how can we help teachers? And so actually when this airs, we will have already done three live tutorials on how to use zoom in your classroom, how to do screen recordings to share with your students, the basics of Google classroom. If you've never used it before, like how do you even do an assignment? How do you post a video? How can we make it as simple for you as possible? Like what are the very like foundational basic things that you need in order to have some sort of online learning component? If that's a situation that you even find yourself in, because so many of our teachers aren't even using online learning. They're just able to send packets home with their students. And it's like, how do we ensure that those you know, teachers are able to help their students as effectively as possible. Um, And so we wanted to talk about, Kara, we had talked about kind of before where we wanted to take this episode and what we wanted to do. Um, And one of the main things was really like not changing everything that you were planning on doing, you know, in our day and age of social media and all of the stuff that we're seeing that is a, so wonderful, right? And we've talked about this before, but it's also overwhelming. And when we get overwhelmed, we get stressed out and we get to a point where we we can't even do anything because we're so overwhelmed with information. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk about this because I know this is what, what you are doing, but I had some teachers email me like, you know, I was planning on doing Romeo and Juliet, but now I can't do that anymore. Well, that's not necessarily the case. How can we maybe shift our mindset? We don't have to do all of these crazy fun things online if we don't want to or have the capability to do so or the capacity to do so. How can we take what we had already planned for the rest of the school year because I know in California, it's likely we will not be going back to school the rest of the school year. Um, probably the same on the East Coast and many parts yeah. of the country. How can we take what we had already planned on doing, what we all the resources that we already have, and how can we bring those online? So I'd love for you to kind of talk about what your plan is. Maybe just like a couple, one example, two examples of what you're kind of planning on doing.
1: Sure. So I'll first just say that because I was not a district that was like instantly thrown into distance learning. I think I've had the benefit of stepping back for a moment and really being able to think, what do my students need? And I certainly am getting directives from my department head and whatnot about, you know, we are following the same curriculum. We are obviously going to be modifying certain ways that we um, assess and distribute classwork. But at the the bottom line for me is I need to make sure my students are 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 okay are you know their well being is is being maintained and I feel that my obligation as a teacher is to be an emotional and educational support so I'm taking a step back and thinking how can I do both those things in the most simple way um, and so something that we, I I know we had planned to talk about at some point on the podcast anyway, was an activity that I'm certainly going to adjust to online learning. And that's actually um, using an Enneagram, free Enneagram test online to um, analyze a character in a short story or a book. So depending on whatever, you know, Teacher situations are if they've read a novel in class or if they have the ability to just send out a short story to students. Um, something that's really fun is to have students, and there's actually we'll we'll link the, the website in the show yeah. notes. Um, it's like a truity free Enneagram test, and it asks a bunch of personality questions because it's a personality test. And um I have asked students. To take this test as if they were a main character and so they really have to think about who this character is um, and and analyze who the character is and how they would answer all these questions. At the end they get the results of the personality test and I think it would be really fun for um, students to perhaps write something using textual evidence from the text to support or you know um, What's the word I'm looking for? Contradict the the personality outcome that the test gives. So, I mean, frankly, this activity is even more cool when you can do it in person because you can actually pair students up to do it and you'll hear them discuss the text. But um, depending on the technological capabilities of your students and your districts, you may even be able to have students do this in pairs. Yeah. uh, Online. Yep, absolutely. It's just a really fun way to analyze text, a little bit outside the box, super simple. You can give very clear directions um, that just have kids writing, you know, an evidence-based paragraph as a summary at the end and and use the text to take this test. So um, that's one creative tool. And um, I know we had also talked a little bit about what I'm doing to kind of Check in with that emotional well-being side. Um, so I'm actually every day I give students really really simple directions about what they what they're going to be doing for me for class. I read aloud a lot of chapter of a book that I think will make them laugh, and I am actually giving them a daily creative challenge. And these range from like listing three things they're grateful for and why, uh, and posting them on a little. It's a tech tool we use called Padlet where students can almost post sticky notes, kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. sticky notes on a cardboard. board. C-
0: teachers could even do that just basic in Google Classroom.
1: Oh, yeah, in a yeah. Google Doc yeah. um, or Google Classroom. And then um, so ranging from something as simple as that to something like interview someone in your home and I give them a couple of questions just to get them talking to someone, get them off their screens. Um, and another one we had talked about was make a paper airplane, watch this YouTube video, make a paper airplane, fly it, measure how far it goes and tell us and send us a picture of the paper airplane. Just fun little things to get them out of their head, get them like maybe up and off a screen. Um, because uh, that's my priority as a teacher. Yes. I want to say they're okay because I'm not okay every day. Yeah. I have moments where I'm like going crazy inside my tiny 700 (laughs) square foot (laughs) apartment.
0: Um, right. And we're adults, right? And we have the, the tools and the knowledge and the ability yeah. for the most part to deal with these emotions and process them. For our students who don't have those same skills, who don't know how to process what's happening, who maybe aren't fully aware of what's happening, but hear, you know, t- talkings of it in the background and then it scares them. I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded, just being like thinking about where our kids are emotionally when we are sending work home for them you know like are we able to and i'm not saying like we have to change everything but just really think about if you are showing up for your students the way that they need you to show up for them is that piles and piles and piles of work just to send them something home or is it something that's really intentional to helping them learn? like really thinking about like what are we assigning our kids why are we assigning this to them I think more than anything, this moment is really helping us be significantly more intentional intentional <laughs> intentional about what we are doing um, and asking of our students and just to speak into this, you know my son, I was telling you this before we recorded is two and a half and today he just had an epic meltdown where he just was crying and just wanted to be held by me for 45 minutes. He never ever has done that in his life. And he's two and a half and knows that something is different, that life is very different than it was just a week, 10 days ago. And so I can imagine our students are going through those same feelings, those same emotions. And so checking in with them, can you talk about the the journal that you're having your kids do?
1: Or are you going, yeah. yeah. I actually, so we talked a little bit about how I would have proceeded if um, we weren't doing distance learning. And at first my district didn't feel they had the capability to do distance learning. And that's sort of why we had a lag um, with starting, but I would have kids seriously keep a journal. Um, this is a totally crazy time. Nothing like it has ever occurred, especially for these students at you know 12 years old. And so I would ask them to keep a journal, drawings from every day. Um, Maybe something, you know, like I said before, something they're grateful for or questions that are coming to their mind, their fears, their hopes, something they took for granted before, you know, um, little doodles that they could pass on to family members to cheer them up. Just I I want them attending to their inner world. And Mm -hmm. middle schoolers, they have a lot going on. They don't always know how to express it in the best way. And I can only imagine that in homes where we have a couple of kids, parents who could be out of work or trying to work, um, tensions are probably high. I think they need this opportunity to express themselves. I think some work is good. My goal academically is to pare things down and to just use the same content, but go slower. hmm Mm -hmm. They're not going to have as much support from us online and they're probably not going to have the ability to focus (laughs) in the same way that they could at school. Mm -hmm. So I'm just slowing it down. I'm taking, I'm really chunking small things and I'm cutting out all the fluff. Yeah, absolutely. And so like,
0: instead of doing 10 discussion questions that they would have had to have answered for homework, you're maybe going to go two and students are going to go really in depth with those they're going to get a lot of you know deep analysis and critical thinking skills with that they don't need like think about what they don't need and get rid of that and i think too for ourselves as teachers like giving ourselves grace you know there are going to be high expectations of us but there's only so much we can do and we have to take care of ourselves and our families and our well-being and our happiness and our mental health like It's a tough time and everybody is just doing the freaking best that they can. So give yourself a break. Someone wrote us an email this morning, I think it was, that she, you know, was feeling like the same way. I got to do all this stuff. I see all this stuff online. I got to do all these things. I got to do all these things. And she said afterwards, after the first day of trying to do that, she sat down with her son and was like, I have to stop being worried about meeting my expectations for myself. Like I can't be dealing with trying to meet my expectations because we're all likely going to be let down at the end of the day with what we're facing. And so I think just letting that go is so cathartic. And I think for our kids, writing like you were talking about in their journals is going to be so cathartic for them through this experience and through this moment because it is temporary. This isn't going to be forever. It will end at some point. Life will be very different on the other end of this um but this isn't going to be something that we are going through for forever so um okay i think i did want to talk about one other activity and then we'll kind of wrap it up at the end um because i think we're going kind of i think we're on like minute 20 or 25 or something like that, which I don't mind talking about that, but I try to keep them within a certain period of time just to respect people's time. Um, So one other activity that I wanted to share with you guys that you can do online or you can do um, as like a packet to send home with students if you don't have remote learning available for your kids is just our free Instagram activity. It's very basic, but it's also an incredible way for students to get to know and understand and analyze characters so they essentially create like a little Instagram account for a character they use symbols they use words they use phrases um, to describe that character or a specific part of the story that you're reading and then they have to obviously use evidence from the text to support that position or that argument that they are claiming in those pictures like why that symbol might represent that particular character based on evidence so it's something that you can easily like upload into Google Class Room, send it in an email to your students, to their parents, send it home with them and they could do one of those, you know every two chapters or whatever you want to do, however you want to utilize it in your class. but I just don't want you to feel like you have to go out and buy all these new things and do all these new bells and whistles. If you want to, heck, do it, right? If you have the time and you have the capacity and you have the knowledge and the wherewithal to make that happen, for sure. But if you don't, let it go. Like You do not need to go buy all this digital stuff. You do not need to go adjust your whole life to being online. We're going to be here temporarily. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot of great skills along the way, but you just need the basics to get up and running in your class. And that's why we did those three tutorials for you last week over on our Facebook page. Kara will include the link in the show notes for the page that I set up. So even if you don't have Facebook, I created a page for you guys where you can watch the replay videos there as well. Um, so let's make sure that we don't forget to include that for them. So I think that'll really help you talking about Zoom, talking about Google Classroom, and then like really pacing your students' work so that you don't send a whole packet home with them and they finish it in a day. And then they have two and a half, three weeks of that nothing to do. Um, so Kara, do you have anything else that you want to add or something that came up for you at the end that I didn't cover?
1: Yeah. I mean, just sort of speaking to what you just said, I think this can either be an opportunity for like tremendous creativity from teachers. If you're tech savvy, if you love online, this is awesome. I think go for it. You can create probably incredible experiences for your kids, but if that's not you, or if you have other demands on your time, like kids at home, et cetera, um, I say, you know, you're dealing with 11, 12, 13 year olds. What do they need? Like give them 30 minutes of work that's meaningful, <laughs> that's simple, that's like one Google Doc linked on Google Classroom, that's all you need. I, I really truly believe that. And I think these kids themselves are going to be overwhelmed by five classes of stuff. So think of them and you know, and and do something that makes you feel joyful, like these little creative challenges for these kids. It's making me feel joyful to help them in that way. That's relieving my stress. So see if you can share some of that joy in whatever way feels right for you.
0: Yeah, and I think that we're gonna find so much of ourselves and who we are through this experience. I mean, I feel like I already am. You know, I looked at my husband the other night and I just said, nothing else matters. Like, it's just our family and our health. Like, really, all of the other, you know, Swear word insert. This is a non-explicit podcast, so I'm not going to say it. All the other stuff doesn't freaking matter. Like you, my family matters, my health matters, and so I want you guys to just like think about that. Like come from that that state, that mentality of what really truly matters at the end of the day. And you know, I want to urge you. I'm going to get on my soapbox to stay home, stay home quarantine yourself. I mean, I have not seen my parents or my brothers or my extended family in 10 days. I don't plan on seeing them until our shelter in place order is lifted. The best thing that we can do for our larger community is stay home, take care of ourselves, be very careful if you go out into the public. I saw, I think it was a a commercial for MTV actually, ironically, but they had a great hashtag that was alone together. And that is exactly what we are doing. We, yes, we are stir crazy. Yes, it's raining and I want to get the heck out of my house with my two and a half year old and there's nothing I can do. I can't go to the park. It's, it sucks, but it is temporary and we are helping the greater good, our larger community. And like what a calling to be able to step up to the plate and do that for everybody else. So stay home, stay healthy. And thank you, Kara, so much for joining me on today's episode.
1: Of course. So happy to be here.
0: All right, we'll see you guys next week. Um, We'll go back to some semblance of normalcy next week. We have an interview um, with Amanda and Marie from their new podcast, Brave New Teaching. And then we will kind of segue back into normalcy depending on our current situation in our country and our world at that time. Hopefully things will look better in the next couple of weeks, but um, it depends a lot on us and us quarantining ourselves and staying home. All right, stay healthy, you guys. We'll see you next week.